0: the right one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. While West is adjusting his camera. We're going to say hello, hello again, and welcome to the eighth episode of Snakes on the Diamond, where we'll be reading an obituary about the Diamondbacks' 2023 season, and then we're going to pivot to the farm system and see if there's any hope in the future. I'm Michael McDermott. You can follow me on Twitter at Michael MLB. And if you want to follow Wes on Twitter, you can follow him
1: at. At buyer Wesley and it's X now, Michael, you know that you got to go along with what the CEO says it's called, even if it's, even if it's silly. Yeah. Even if it's silly, you got to follow, you got to call it X. Follow me on X at buyer Wesley. B A I E R W E S L E Y. Good morning, Michael.
0: Good morning. (laughs) If you are watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a like, comment down below. If you Comment down below your own obituary of the Dimebacks 2023 season. And if you're watching on Twitch, smash that follow button. We're trying to get to as many people as possible. So now we are streaming on Twitch now. And unfortunately, I can't see the dashboard. Okay.
1: So that was a terrible series with the Twins. Let's go right into it, Michael. That was terrible. They should have won at least one game. I uh, did not watch yesterday's game. I, I just fell asleep for 12 hours. I don't know what to say. But still, they should have won as a decent start by Gallon, And then seeing Seawall just blow up like that, that's not... That's uh, I, is, it, or is it done? Is it premature to say the season's over?
0: Well, one other person I know that covers the team... Wrote an obituary yesterday when the game ended, so.
1: It feels like it. It really does. Uh, it, all the, like hitter, the, all like the it. hitters, all the hitters, yeah, actually, really, honestly, it's the last week of games I felt like this is it. Uh, we were talking about this last week, on last Monday, that they just don't, uh, this is this is probably this week would be make or break, and, and they broke this week, so, Um. Like, the way, what else is there to say? Um, you want to start with what happened in Minnesota, game one?
0: So, yeah, so going into the first game against the Twins, it was a well-pitched well game initially, and 2-2 going into the seventh. And despite the D-backs' inability to build innings, they were able to sc- scratch two runs with a Guriel solo homer, and then Guriel later was hit by a pitch and scored on a Jose Herrera blooper. Gave him a 2-1 lead. Merrill Kelly allowed two solo home runs in six innings, another quality start. D-backs entering that start were 9-2 and two Kelly quality starts, but they didn't happen here. Yeah. Uh, then going into the seventh, Scott McGuff gave up a home run to the first battery face and then loaded the bases on walks with two outs. Luis Frisk gets a strikeout to prevent the extra damage, and that gave the D-backs a chance in the ninth. But unfortunately, uh, Perdomo uh, decided to bunt. and bunt. It wasn't called from the dugout with the infield in a yeah. bunt was less likely to be successful ended up popping it up straight to the pitcher and then could tell Marte was rung up on a questionable third strike one pitch after a borderline pitch was called a ball that was even closer yeah. to the strike zone that's game one basically in a nutshell so game 2 that was probably the first time in a month that you actually saw the team quit on the field Lavelle says, "Loose focus." I see. That's my way. But obviously, how I'm going, I, how I have to interpret that, it's got to be with a fine tooth comb. But if I were watching, it's like it looked like they gave up after the third inning.
1: That's still a polite That's- way to put it. I'd say that they shit the bed completely. Um, just that was a horrible game. I didn't finish why I was watching the game. Uh, it got out of hand real quickly. Turned the game off. Um, not was not good in any way. They did basically quit right then and there.
0: Nelson got slapped around for three innings, and then the home run derby was on against the D backs bullpen.
1: Love to see that, right?
0: They actually had a one nothing lead in that game, and then the Twins scored the final 12 runs, believe it or not.
1: It's, it's, they were laughably bad in that game yesterday. There were some positive signs on game three. The yeah, offense. Gone uh...
0: They got on base and they frustrated a very good defensive catcher. For eight in it for nine innings, they were running all over the running all over the field an eight stolen base franchise record. But unfortunately none of them pretty much none of them scored. They were two for 10 with runners in scoring position. But even despite that, they still had a chance to pull it off. Thanks to Christian Walker hitting a solo homers 23rd of the year. On a ball that barely got off the ground, he was hit at, at 107 miles an hour. I gave him a 3-2 lead, and it's like, okay, finally, Seawald, safe situation. Let's see what he's does. One first pitch, gone. Seven pitches later, yeah. ball game. It's not just—it's just not how. It's just not that it happened. It's just how it happened. The face three hitters didn't retire any of them. They all scored two homers for a guy who usually doesn't get his fastball obliterated. Yeah, that's
1: it. Was, it,
0: re- it was location mistakes because he was missing down and out over the plate to uh, not necessarily up where he's more successful. It's pretty much. Yeah, no, it's really
1: that's that's like the demasculating and and just like completely pulls the rug out of him. Like, I mean, like if there's a turning point, they don't make playoffs this is the point where you can really call it a season. Uh, there's, I mean, they're out there like what they're out. Uh, there's multiple teams ahead of them now for the third spot. Uh, it's very unlikely that they'll turn around and make the playoffs. It's the disappointing thing to see. I, I, I said, there were a few positives. Like we, you know, the stolen bases are definitely good. They did uh, have a lead at one point. They, they're very good chances of them winning the game yesterday. And it just, you know, uh didn't have, this didn't happen. Uh looking at all the other teams that made moves during the deadline. They, they're all winless. Like there's four teams including that that have made major moves. Every single one is winless since the trade deadline. So the nine backs are not alone in uh, at release. We're not the angels. That's the only thing I got to say.
0: Yeah. The back's biggest free agent hitting the market next year is Obviously, the Twins, the Angels have some major issues. So, pulling up the standings real quick. We're gonna ask the million-dollar question. Obviously, we're talk, we joking about obituary, but we're gonna talk about, okay, is the the playoffs actually feasible? So, I'm gonna grab the standings here, and we'll discuss it a little bit. So, going into this game. They are going into play today. They're they're obviously not going to play a game today. They are a game and a half out of the final wild card spot, and it is quite possible they could leapfrog Miami, Cincinnati, and who knows what's going on with the uh giant uh the Giants. I think the Giants aren't necessarily doing that well. Like they they scrape by. A struggling Diamondbacks team to win three out of four. Yeah, they were very tight ball. All of them were very tight ball games. Was it one, one, two, one? Was your run different? Was your uh, margin? Course,
1: yeah, it's uh, going to be. It's hard to have leapfrog Diamond teams, especially when only one of them is in your division and you don't even play. Like I don't know how many games we have left with. Uh, Miami, Cincinnati, the Cubs and the Phillies, but, um, probably not many, I guess.
0: And, uh, they still have one series at home against San Francisco, which they were three and one back in May. They have seven games against the Cubs, so they certainly will have their chances to get ahead of them. They control their their destiny there. I still think, the you still control their destiny for a playoff spot, but unfortunately, uh. You got a struggling offense, a struggling bullpen, and a starting rotation that's inconsistent. So they look more like a 500 team than a 500 team at best than a playoff team.
1: I, I, I yeah, at best. That's a good. That's a good caveat there. Throwing it in. Uh, they to to me, they don't even look like a 500 team last month. They look worse than that. Um, they're they're a, they're a bottom of the basement team last month, and it really. Uh, it's quite the turnaround from when we were in first place
0: the last time the D-backs were in first place was going into play July 15th since then they are five I uh, sorry going to play July 16th 14th sorry they are five and 17 since the all-star break seven and 22 since July sec July 2nd when they entered play with a 50 and 34 record it's like that we're not quite to the twenty twenty one levels of futility yet, but we're we we're already in two thousand four territory. Yeah. In my opinion. For thirty game stretches, the D backs worst thirty game stretch this year is eight wins. Although they lose tonight, it goes down to seven.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean sorry, losing against the Dodgers tomorrow. They're not losing any games tonight.
1: Well, thankfully the only only because they can't and they don't have a schedule day off. So uh Hooray! They can't lose today.
0: At the point they can't win a Zach Gallon start when he's pitching well. Yeah, that's really
1: It's disheartening. Uh, You know they're really positioned well to succeed, and they just couldn't. They couldn't lock down a win, and that's you know that's I thought that's why we made the trade for Seawald was so we'd have a closer we could rely on, and like now that's I mean one game's one game. I think Seawald's better than that. But uh, it's really, it's like just pulls a rug right out under you because it's, uh, you would hope that, you know, that one of the major moves that we made would work out. The only real major move we made, um, it just hasn't worked out. Although, fortunately, so far, that trade's not working out for Seattle. I think between the three players that we traded, they've had six hits in the last, like since they, you know, went to the Mariner system. So, Still it might that it might not be a lose lose trade at this point. Uh, I don't think so. Hopefully Seawall turns it around. We can, you know, build back the momentum, but I don't see how they can do it. I mean, this is gonna take a really like they have to completely turn around the season, go back to playing like they were in in April and May. Uh we're at like what 50
0: games left. They're at no 49 games left, I think.
1: 49 games left. Um
0: Forty nine games left, and you have to win thirty of them.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't see. I don't see how they really. I mean, yes, they can certainly turn it around. Like there are good players on this team. Like this team is not as good as we thought they were earlier in the season. I think that hot start kind of just completely screwed up our expectations of what to expect out of them. I don't think they're this bad.
0: That's what the frustrating thing is. I can't figure out how good this team actually... Is. It's like trying to figure out how good this team actually is. They probably are as good... They're probably as good as their current record. Is, is closer to their current record. But it's just the way they've gotten there has been the frustrating thing. It's like really good and then really bad. And then it sells into a 500.
1: Yeah, that's... Like, you you want to see more consistency out of this team. And it's just the consistency is not there. They... You, you have no real way to judge a roster when they're all over the place like this. To me, it says they're more closer to a 500 team having that hot stretch and then the cold stretch and then kind of mediocre stretch. Um, but it's, it, you know, what is a fair evaluation of this team at this point? I don't know if they're really, you can really make one.
0: I feel like they're, when I watch this team, it's like their best players, are, their good players are very good and their bad players are very bad.
1: Yeah, that's
0: managing managing the very bad players.
1: So, do you think this team can we can the season can be salvaged? if you think they're good enough to to, to at least get the final wild card spot?
0: I said it's going to take thirty win. I think it's going to take thirty wins to get there. Like I said, they have so that's 30-19 record. They do have an eighty game stretch where they played six hundred balls. So it's not. If they could get back to there, that is theoretically possible, but they got there by playing above their talent level. In my opinion, the offense was clicking against some really bad pitching. So, so they,
1: were, they were fortunate. they're fortunate. Yeah, I don't I don't think they can do it. Uh, so they're fifty seven, fifty six, a five hundred winning percentage would give them a
0: eighty two and eighty record.
1: Which is five hundred, yeah. So if if they go five hundred or finishing the season five hundred, um that seems even that seems unlikely to me right now, considering like just how tough the schedule is. Um they're gonna have to take all the games against the teams ahead of them in the standings to even make the make the playoffs at all. Uh they're gonna have to split the series with the Dodgers. I mean is it a three game series or four game series? Two game series. So they need to take both to- of those, ideally both of those ideally and i don't see it happening um i would like to be the, the 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 positive optimistic guy here but i'm just i don't see it at this point this team really it it seems like we're going to have to look look forward to next year and uh you know i guess we we'll use the remainder of the season to to evaluate the roster
0: so what what would you say the team should look for in the final 2 months I would say you gotta find guys that can play for you next year, kind of thing. That's exactly like that with it. The bullpen, like you gotta find out if Miguel Castro can play for you next year because you got maybe five appearances to make that decision. Not when he's at 58, 59 at fifty five.
1: Yeah, it's that's a big thing is is evaluating the guys in the bullpen, seeing which arms are really worthwhile and worth keeping. Some of these. Uh, the kind of tweener players who are like on the bubble between triple a and the major league level, like Diego Castillo, Um, Mm. you know, like that's really like the guys who are really not going to get the, the the opportunity to evaluate them, you know, next season, you want to see him like figure out what we have. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that he's an everyday player, but I don't know if he's even like, you know, a worthwhile backup infielder.
0: I mean, Just because I haven't
1: seen enough of them.
0: Biggest problem is he can't play shortstop.
1: Yeah. I mean, oh, so, like, look, looking towards, uh, you know, we're going to see the departure of Nick Ahmed, I'm, uh, I know Cariel. I mean, I would like to see them get less at-bats. Let's give more at-bats to the, you know, guys who have a future the next two or three years of the team and see if they're even worthwhile because we don't know. And, uh, yeah, that's, like, really, like, that's what I want to see. I don't think there's really much else you can do than that. You'd like to see the team win over the next few months, but uh, accepting that, then it's, like, an evaluation period, in my opinion.
0: So you're looking at maybe perhaps calling up Lays. Yeah. Two months of the year, the final six weeks of the season.
1: Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd like to see Blaze Alexander called up. I don't think we're gonna. I mean, maybe give Lawler
0: a cup of coffee,
1: but you'd want to see give Blaze a chance before then.
0: I don't know how you're going to incorporate Lawler into this lineup, and we'll talk about Lawler. We'll we'll answer that question later when we talk about Lawler later in the ep, uh, podcast episode. But it's uh, there the middle infield situation is too crowded right now for them to call up a top prospect who has been. For the last ten weeks, annihilating baseballs.
1: Yeah, I think that that's why you want to see like a Blaze Alexander uh, given a chance, and some of the other, you know, like I don't know where you would play him. I'd like to know. I think he's Rule Five eligible next season, or is it this off season? I'm not sure, but you'd want to give him a chance. You want to really see what you have. Lawler, I think that would that would screw up his development too much to to call him up for the end of the season. So. You want to give the kind of like I call them like they're they're just kind of fringy the fringy guys, okay the guys that you're like wondering okay hey they're doing like Blaze has been had a pretty decent season other than his thumb being broken by hit by pitch. Um, you want to see what you got there because he's raked in Triple A like he's not been a bad pot like by statistic by statistics he hasn't been that bad. He's been not great concerning the offensive environment, but I'd like to know if he can actually play shortstop at a, like a decent level. Like acceptable so, level.
0: We're going to pull up uh, this here from Jack. Jack wrote about the D backs' infield options. So here's Blaze Alexander, who he lists as the fourth option behind Castillo, Diego Castillo, as well as well, he lists Jace Peterson and then uh, playing Nick Ahmed every day.
1: Yeah. Two options. I and wouldn't play to- Nick Ahmed every day. I, he's not gonna be with the season next year. To me, I think he's likely on the last legs of his career. I'd be surprised if he's still like if he has a major league starting job in 2025, I'd be very surprised. Um,
0: or, yeah. So this is what Jack put so this is what Jack put down at uh inside Dynamax, which you can go to si.com slash M B slash Dynamax. Not only does Jack write for the website, I do as well. So since returning from that broken thumb, he's hit 254, 324, 420, uh, 254 with a 324 on base and 426 slugging, which for Reno is below average. Yeah. Six doubles, five numbers.
1: The thumb is probably still affecting his hitting a little bit. Like that's, it's going to take him probably the rest of the season to really get back to, to where he was if he does it all. Cause it's this, there's so much that like an injury to the hand will do your hitting that I, you could pretty much, I mean, you almost have to write him off for the rest of the season. That's the problem with giving a uh, blaze a look, uh, over the, you know, down the stretches that he's still kind of recovering. I mean, yes, technically he's healed, but there is some, you know, like he's, I would not say that he's a hundred percent right now.
0: I wouldn't say service time manipulation would be the reason that he doesn't get to the big leagues because, uh, Alexander's not exactly the type of prospect that's going to significantly move the needle forward for the D backs. He's he's more of a depth guy. Yeah. Maybe cars out a niche. Or if you're lucky, pans out as an everyday infielder. I still feel like there's a lot of inconsistency and a lot of. uh, By the way, let's get this. Blaze
1: really. He plays above his talent level so far in his career. And I. just how well he's done in the minors uh, in his good seasons. I mean, he's had some down seasons there too, but he's kind of played above above his talent level. So um, that's the problem, right there, is that he's still coming back. It's like, yeah, I don't think it's service for service manipulation, uh, service time manipulation. If he's not called up uh, down the stretch, I, I don't think he's. I don't know if he's hundred percent, but I having I mean, broken a uh, thumb around when I was playing baseball, it takes a while for you to get your hand strength back. So, I wouldn't nec- I don't think that he's going to get a chance down the stretch. Jace Peterson uh, has not been good in a long time. I don't think we can count on him necessarily for next season, even though I believe he's under contract, right?
0: Jace Peterson who is who he is. He's a light-hitting infielder who plays a lot of positions. mostly third his strength
1: is is his strength is versatility really that's other than that uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't count on him for like constructing a like a long term successful roster I would look at other guys I'd not he was acquired just out of necessity more than anything
0: and also because they could get him for cheap but uh that too I mean, the thing with Peterson is uh, he's already on pay- He was pretty much an everyday player for a struggling Oakland team, but in Arizona, obviously, he's going to be the dominant half of a third-base platoon. He's not an everyday player yeah. now because of the um, Marte injury. he's not the type of guy you give everyday bats to. If you look at the number of plate appearances, he's had the highest plate appearance number in his career since the 2016 season with the Braves.
1: Yeah, I mean that's you're playing them every day in Oakland because it's Oakland. That's like barely like there are better triple A teams constructed this year than Oakland.
0: Like the Mets triple A, I feel like you could probably give them a, a small run for their money. Oh,
1: I I I would expect about similar results if you put Reno in the major leagues versus Oakland and like you put, if you put Reno in the in uh, the AL West, you would get the same, if not maybe a little better. Uh, It's really like they have uh, sold off anything that's like worthwhile on that team.
0: Well, the problem with Art Reno is they don't have a needle-moving prospect on their roster, and since Amarillo looks like they're play- they could be playoff-bound this year, I don't think we'll see the Jordan Lawler promotion.
1: Yeah, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna see him moved up this year. Like right? we talked about that the other day. Like it's very likely he'll finish the season in Amarillo. So other than the guys we've talked about, like, who do you think needs to get a look down the stretch? Uh, like position player wise,
0: Ryan bliss would have been a guy on my, on my map before the trade. But, uh, yeah, I agree. Not. So one guy, depending on how long uh, get Moreno is going to be out for, I wouldn't mind them taking a look at Adrian Del Castillo. See if he can be the ideal backup to Moreno behind the plate as a left handed bat.
1: How has he done this year?
0: I don't even know. I, I miss- think I
1: would expect Del Castillo to have better like potential than Jose Herrera as a backup catcher. I think he's got a much higher ceiling offensively than like Jose Herrera is like the floor of like how bad a catcher can hit. We know we got no knock on Jose. Fantastic defensive catcher. He's he's good at what he does well. Uh unfortunately, that's not hitting. I think Del Castillo, that's a good... Wouldn't even consider that, Michael.
0: The only thing that worries me about but, Del Castillo is he's... Well, the main thing is, is Del Castillo's probably going to strike out too much and not hit for a decent average, and that's going to put a extra... That's going to put extra emphasis on his defensive ability to stick. In my opinion.
1: Pull up his stats real quick. Just to see... He, I mean, he's been he's been below average in AAA, but he was well above average in AA this year. Um, I think he could be a league average. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a real concern. Is like I don't think the batting average will really be high enough, and he's going to strike out a lot, especially if you called him up this season. Um, give it a year, I think he'd at least be like a league average offense, like you know, a league league average uh, option offensively.
0: Another, another, uh, another player. I might cons- obviously Justin Martinez should get a pretty big look as well. If we go to the forty-man roster again, pivot back to the forty-man roster. I think Justin Martinez, Luis Frias, who's already here. So you got to see what Frias has because he's now an options player next year.
1: Yeah, you'd want to give him a real extended a look. look too.
0: I mean, they put they basically threw him into the fi- fire. Game one of the twin series and he struck out the only battery he faced.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's excellent to see. Uh, looking at Justin Martina's stats, my God, does he have a ridiculous, he's got a ridiculous K percentage. Like I really would love, he has not bad results at all for, for triple i um, I, I'd like to see him get a, a real extended look down the stretch because that's a, that is, he's like probably one of the best arms in the system.
0: Yeah, the problem is he can't throw strikes with it. He's in uh, four major league appearances, five walks. Go to his minor league numbers with Reno. He's got 50 strikeouts to 38 walks. So unfortunately, nobody... It's like He's not going to get an extended look until the walks are no longer a problem, but the problem is, what do you do? It's like... Yeah, there's... You can't let him sit and re- You can't... He's got to figure out how to... Get, throw stri- strikes to get in the major leagues, but at the same time, you don't want to waste his bullets in Reno kind of thing. Don't want to waste that 50 Cal. You
1: know an Interesting uh, guy reminds me of, and this is in terms of you just one, a general idea, not necessarily hand, that's everything else, but just in terms of velocity and the ability to hit the strike zone, is like Joe Kelly, I think is like the best outcome for, for Justin Martinez.
0: I can see that. Don't, uh, don't, I mean, that's like, a, minus the being a dick and headhunting people, of course.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're both, I mean, right handers throw, uh, very hard, but just can't, sometimes they just completely lose the inability of like really the comp. If you're not familiar with Justin the uh, he throws hard, uh, when he's on yeah, you can't hit him cause he throws like above a hundred, but when he's off, it's like, it doesn't matter because he can't hit the broad side of the barn. And yes, he is much better behaved and like he's not a dick like Joe Kelly. So that's like where it's not comparable. Like uh, Justin Martinez is
0: a good kid. I look at uh, obviously Sakoni should get a look. I don't know. And then you're running you're kind of run out of arms of guys you want to give a look to in Triple A from Triple because you only can field five pitcher. You can only field five pitchers in the rotation. Although I think they should go with a six man rotation to start September. With 17 games in 17 days,
1: uh, that might actually be a good idea. Like save some we of these younger arms, save some spot? bullets. Yeah,
0: extra roster spot. Maybe give Blake Walson a look. I don't know what they're gonna. do. I don't know what they're gonna do with Jarvis. If Jarvis pitches in the big leagues; it won't be as a starter.
1: Yeah, they didn't. They just convert him to reliever. So,
0: and when I say yeah, that I mean just this year. We don't know what they're. I don't know what the long term thing is. We'll have to find out.
1: Yeah, we don't we don't have enough details on that, but I mean, if he does get a look, that's going to be uh, as a reliever for Jarvis. I...
0: Going to throw a low leverage innings in the big leagues, regardless of role, anyway. So, if he comes up and he makes like three long relief appearances, it's not really going to say much about his future in the organization. Although I do think uh, if they do confirm him to relief next, it'll be interesting to see if they stick with him there next year or not. Yeah, that's. I still think they need as much starting depth as they can get the organization because they're probably going to have to tap into that in order to improve the rotation in the offseason. Because they can't sit. Yeah, I I don't think they can go with the guys they have now.
1: Yeah, they're going to have to, to do something different next season. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh like right now, you can't really count on a you know, like guys like Jarvis or Blake like you'd expect them to progress further than they have, and they really haven't. So, um, and even socone oh, and and like you know, Ryan Nelson and Dre Jameson, we've, we've had problems with all of them. Ironically, Tommy Henry, uh, had one of the best seasons out of all the you know, the, the guys that have been promoted last season, which is very not what I would have expected. I, Tommy know. Henry.
0: Tommy Henry is probably the closest to his ceiling. It's the lowest ceiling, but yeah. you know what he needs to do it. You know what he got there. And he can do it half the time.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, they're going to have to do something different. I don't know what. Um, We're going to go to see what, what goes down the rest of the season. I mean, we have a very different uh, – we're going to have to have very different, like, outcome of depending on how they finish the rest of the season. If they uh, completely sputter and continue this – this trend, then, yeah, you absolutely have to, you know, reevaluate your almost your entire roster, so the, at least yeah, the bullpen true. and the starting rotation, you gotta, and your 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 backup, your bench, and all that. If they turn it around and they actually make playoffs, then you, then it kind of changes the the calculus of what you got to do. Yeah, um, that probably saves Mike Hazen's job if that's that's the
0: when we say if save, that's I mean, what happened. Get signed beyond tw- next season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that he if he sputters out this this roster, like we just fail to make postseason, and the next season, uh, a slow start. Yeah, his jobs his jobs on line at that point. So
0: I do think he's gonna not swing really at sure. least one major trade.
1: Yeah, I, I would expect I would expect at least one big move over the off season.
0: Would you could here's a here's an interesting theory. Would you consider re- moving Ryan Nelson to the bullpen because of his lack of consistency and try and see if that works? Or do you think it's like okay, maybe he doesn't have the profile for a reliever so you just leave him in the rotation to get his lumps in? That's a that's definitely I, interesting.
1: I'm more of the opinion. I mean, before this season, um I would have said move him to the bullpen. I actually don't know why they they didn't leave uh, Dre Jameson in the rotation to begin with, that's something that, like uh, I, I really disagree with and now in hindsight though, I would actually leave him in, in the in the rotation, uh, Nelson I wouldn't move him to the, the bullpen, I'd give him like another season um, I can see why you wouldn't, uh, why, you, why you would move him to the bullpen, I mean you really don't think he profiles as a starter and the inconsistencies too much, I mean he, he might benefit from uh, he might benefit from that, but right now I don't think it's really like a worthwhile
0: move to me because to me it feels like a is stuff backed up compared to last year and B it seems like he can't throw a pitch that he had in the minor leagues as a prospect slider, It feels like he can't throw that pitch in the big league level consistently. The pitch that's completely left him this year. So it's like, yeah, it, I don't know. What it's not do, the it's same. Like, it's one of those things where I feel like you don't know what you want to do with him. He can't, or maybe it's the fact he's or it's the cutter. That's the pitch that's left him this year. A harder slider it's
1: hard it's, to make- it just seems it seems like it's both it's just an inconsistency with both pitches where he really has not been able to have like the same initial success that he had in and both the majors when he was first fell up and in the minors last year um i'm like i said that's why i would i would really give him a more extended chance in the rotation i mean i would I really wouldn't even consider moving him out of the rotation until, like, spring training is when I would reevaluate that. Right now, it just seems like this is not working for some of the guys. And you know yeah. what? It could be different next year after we, you know, make we some moves the in the off season. So guys have, yeah,
0: a year and a half, and he figured it out at the end of twenty two, and now all of a sudden he's an all star. It,
1: it's I'm great. That's it. a, those are the examples I like, like Zach Allen. Uh, well, I, Keller also had better stuff
0: than Ryan Nelson.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh wait, yeah. That's the thing that kind of worries me a little bit. Like, there's a you could make a legitimate argument Nelson could potentially wash out of the big leagues. Yeah, the last possibility for
1: anyone. Randy Johnson could have washed out of the big leagues. I still
0: think he would think have had about that like two or three years left. If he didn't make that change.
1: Yeah. You know, I think or he would have washed out by they, the time. The bullpen,
0: yeah. They hadn't exhausted the bullpen option before he turned it around. It were more. Okay. Like like Rand- yeah. I don't know
1: if a guy like Randy Johnson would have gotten the chance to, to work all that out. Like he did in the major leagues in a rotation, for as long as he did, like today, don't think it would happen. Um I think he just needs a long, he needs just an extended chance. To, I mean, okay, there's my seg right here. Jordan Waller uh, had a stretch where y'all were talking about him hitting below the Mendoza line, and it's like, okay, it's been like two months. Give it a give it a chance for him to turn around. And where like where is he at now? How well is he hitting? Uh, you just, sometimes guys just need a chance to, to just play through whatever they, they're doing and work out like whatever, you know, changes they need to make.
0: Yeah. There's a different, I still think there's a different difference. It feels like with Nelson, it's one step forward, once one start and then one step backwards, the next one. So it's one of those things that the backs had a little bit more time. Like if Hazen had at least one more season to work with, I think yeah. I would say, yes, keep Nelson in the rotation. But considering that, Okay, 2024 is all you got. You got. You can't just treat 2024. You got to make moves. Year. You can no longer treat it as a development. You cannot take another development year. You Try to take another development year, and you you're going to be unemployed for five minutes while another team picks you up.
1: That for Mike Hazen, yeah, that's what's that's what the deal is. Like he's going to have to make moves to keep his job. I mean, it's not even necessarily about the team's development at that point. It's about his job
0: you look at Nelson is strikeout per nine of less than six. It's like you either send him down to the minor leagues or you see if he can get more swing and miss out of the bullpen. I, yeah, I think I, the maybe, trajectory he is on right now. I don't think that's good enough.
1: Yeah. I think at this point, he uh, actually sending him back down at some point to not Reno to figure it out. Year, you, at, yeah. Not at, this, this point, year. Sometime next year some
0: cost for Nelson. I'm talking next year.
1: I would, I would send him back down to Reno to work out this as a starter before I convert him to a reliever, and if he can't do that, then that's to the point where I convert him to a reliever. Like, I want to see like a good stretch of him. If he can't turn around to begin next year, yeah, I'd be him down.
0: The downside to sending Nelson to Reno is he can't work on his breaking ball as much as he would in the big leagues, even out of the bullpen. Perhaps, they, yeah, that is. perhaps if they keep the long reliever thing going, maybe he's the guy. I'm going to look. I'm, I'm going to check to see what the movement on his four seamer is. I had it up the other day, but then I kind of closed the tab. We're talking about four seam fastball movement without gravity. No. For me, it's obviously, the fastball isn't a make or break pitch for Nelson, although I feel like his fastball is dropped a tick compared to last year, or at least it's down a grade for me.
1: Yeah, this stuff isn't the same as a year ago. And I I don't know, like, what exactly it is. Um, I'm just – I'm more – I think I'm a little more – I'm more patient than Mike Hazen is going to be, or even you are going to be when it comes to this team development. Like, I'm – Yeah, I don't then Then again, my job's not on the line, like Mike Hazen's is.
0: I'm not, or Brian Nelson's I'm not prefacing is. based on what I think should happen because I'm not making decisions. Like what you have to make, you have to consider what the organization might do. Like I said, Hazen is under contract through 24 and nothing beyond that. Same with Tory. So, yeah, with that in mind, it's like it, it, next, it, all you got is next year. So, you got to make something happen next year or, yeah, make enough progress to buy another year basically they got buy at a minimum they have to buy another year's worth of time
1: yeah i mean that's they're gonna have to play better than they have this year really like the bottom line i mean you can't you can't count on the guys that you're counting on then it's just years of wasted development um i really i don't i mean he's gonna have to make some big moves like i want to see i don't have to require like a good starter over the off season. Um, and a good bat. It's actually like not going to fade away by the, you know, by the all-star break. I don't know what those moves that they would make are, but they're going to have to do something.
0: If they hadn't faded after the all-star break, I think they would have picked up a starting pitcher that would have been willing to pay the price for a starting pitcher, but they didn't. So here's an interesting, so here's an interesting, uh, thing and this is uh I'm going to pull this up. This may if you're watching this may look confusing because I'm pulling up a table of fastball movement for the team. So you can see Ryan Nelson, based on 300 minimum forcing fastballs thrown this year, has the second highest vertical movement without gravity. So I think it's a case where the pitch can play, but it's the location of the pitch has been an issue. And for me, Nelson's not necessarily a big command guy. Not at all. The thrower at the current stage of his career. Until he's able to spot the fastball, I think he's going to struggle. And then spot the fastball and set up the breaking ball a little bit better. I think, he throw, he th- I think he throws some pretty good ones, but hitters lay off of it because he's not in the count to necessarily challenge it or the pitch doesn't have the right... Shape or coming out of the right tunnel. It's just a lack of consistency across the board. Or at least that's so how what do you I remember
1: seeing? How do you teach consistency though? Like that's the question to me. Is like, okay, like what can Ryan Nelson do to change that? Like what did he what just can he like- do differently? Like like Brandon thought he had a major change just by like moving where he is on the mound Okay, so how can is there a change like that for Nelson to make, or is it just um like oh he's always going to be inconsistent? That's how he is.
0: So I'm gonna pull up his. So the main thing with Nelson, and I'm gonna we're gonna show some stuff here. I'm gonna also explain how you can get uh, how you do the game logs with Statcast. So we're gonna. Let's see, can I get video? Oh, we'll have to go to his last start. Uh, let's. Let's see, no, that suck. Let's go to his Atlanta start. This is, I assume everyone can see it, right? So Nelson's working on the first. Base side of the rubber. Oh, I had to share this tab. So Nelson's working on the first base side of the rubber here. This is the middle. This is where his back foot's on the edge of the rubber. And obviously, Nelson has a little bit of a quirky wind up. Of course, the execution location of this cutter, to Ozuna, was pretty. Is pretty good. At the bottom of the strike zone, away from and moving away from his barrel. The pitch, if he makes contact, he rolls over the third base, and if and obviously doesn't make contact here. So that's just the uh, main thing that I see. So there is a change
1: that he can make potentially to question of get more consistent.
0: Can he improve the ang- – he- would moving him improve the angle of his pitches? I'm not entirely sure.
1: Okay. I mean, spring, like, that's – to move
0: fought to that side of the mound to improve the angle. I, I think his there,
1: there is uh, – he looks different than he did in spring, which I'm not, I can't pinpoint uh, what exactly I'm seeing different there. But um, I think there are some fixes for Nelson. I think that, like, I mean, a lot of it just seems to be – he's kind he's of inconsistent. And wind up to begin with. It was very like funky, is one way to put it. I would just put that very uh, inconsistent. Uh, like that doesn't seem very repeatable. What he's doing right now. Um, sorry, my footage. I uh, just, yeah, he's gonna have to figure out how to be more consistent with his with his wind up, and maybe that could change it. Maybe something else. But whatever he's doing right now, it's not working. So, like, hopefully, he can figure it out. And he can be a guy that we can count on for that. Like middle rotation. I mean, we're not counting on him to be an eighth. We're not counting on him to be a number two. We're counting on him to be a number four.
0: So yeah, if you look at the rubber again, again uh, it's not as easily seen on this shot, but it looks like he's on the first base side of the rubber as well. Back last year.
1: I mean, that's nice. Like, but still, like that's that that wind up is it doesn't seem like it is is as like repeatable as it could be. Like the way he falls off the mound. Um I I just don't I don't think the consistency is gonna be there until he makes some changes, like bottom line, whatever they are. He needs to do something different to make them more like just have more consistent uh since his like approach in general because it just it seems like he's all over the place. I mean like like the, the way he finishes his wind up does not seem to be more clear. It's not it,
0: falling it, off the mound as aggressively as if you look at the it's
1: better than it used him. to be. Yeah, it is better than it used to be. Like he certainly but is that to his detriment? I don't know. Um I just think there's definitely there's something there that he can do differently.
0: Doesn't if you compare compare what you see here against Joey Gal, you can see his delivery isn't nearly as violent. For us, he's also pitching out of the stretch, but delivery isn't as violent because he had a little bit more of a herky jerky type style last year.
1: Yeah,
0: he was falling off the mound, whereas this one's not as bad. He's, yeah,
1: he's yeah, it's like, not as, as bad, bad, bad now, but like.
0: Then you go to the thing the question. Yeah. The, the question of the off season is how consist is he going to be consistent enough in spring training that you can afford that put him in the rotation. It wasn't like yes. this year where <laughs> he was in the rotation all year because everyone else couldn't stay healthy. He and Gallon are the only two pitchers that could stay healthy all year.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, that's the real question. That's a million dollar question of the off season. It's like, well, who are we going to count on for the rotation besides Gallon and Kelly? Um, I don't know if Nelson is one of them I mean like right now it looks like Tommy Henry And uh, fought would be the two guys That you count on um, That leaves you one more spot I mean I would think that they're going to upgrade And maybe we may not even have this conversation Because he may be trade it as part of deal. Like, a deal tr- Like I would I mean if I'm another team I would look at One of those three guys Henry, Fott Or Nelson as like the basis Of like if I'm giving up you know, A guy under control for another two Three years like I want a guy like him that's probably
0: the only guy that Arizona would rebuff a deal on. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think they should see if Fott can stick because if Fott's your number four starter, you're got a pretty solid rotation, in my opinion. If Fott's got I the agree. upside of a, depending on what, depending on how he's able, it's going to be a trick uh, thing where the how is Fott going to make sure the home runs don't beat him? Obviously, his last start yeah. only allow a solo home run. That's it.
1: Yeah, I mean that was a very you like what you see out of him. Uh, hopefully he can continue that momentum that he's built.
0: I think Font um, has better. i like, Font has better stuff than all the other guys. Since we're just getting late of on of not time. Throwing, it's just a matter of not throwing it down the middle at the belt.
1: Um, probably good to seg to our next section here since we've spent an extended amount of time on it. Um, yeah, we'll
0: probably, we'll instead, Wait, what were, what were we originally planning? I was say, we probably might have to save that for tomorrow.
1: Uh, the farm system, we were talking about Lawler. Um, and then the homestand, we've, that's, we're that's playing the Dodgers for two games. Oh, we talked about that. Um, that's going to be key for them to... They're going to have to pick one of those games. would be really good. Um, I mean, it becomes that much harder if they don't take the next two games. Um, and then... Uh you put uh, if they lose the I mean there's two games against the Dodgers and three games coming up against the Padres. Um there's some real cause for concern if they don't win at least two of those games. Like they got they gotta take at least uh at least a game from each series. Uh the Padres they should really take two out of three. The Padres are really not um they're not the threat that we thought
0: they'd be. Uh, Padres, Padres are a team that are just frustratingly mediocre this year. Kind of like the uh, 2021 version. Remember last year they went on a run and Tatis wasn't there.
1: Yeah, you kind of wonder. Like we talked about, before, clubhouse chemistry with those Padres. They there's a lot of big personalities. I wonder if that's the, the biggest component of it. But getting back to that point, is it's like you know my expectations of like okay like successful the next five games, I want to see them take one one out of, like, you know, split the series with the Dodgers. if not winning. Um, and then you want to see them at least take like two, like at least a game from two out of three from poverty. would be ideal. If they lose all five, then yeah, they're cooked. That's oh, cause. They they're cooked.
0: They they're completely, they're a well game losing. That's an 11 game losing streak.
1: They're, they're well done they're well done cook. Like it's just, We're there's be, really no, there's no chance of them turning around at that point.
0: Yeah. If, if they, if they go on extend losing streak, like 10, 15 games, we could be asking if there's a, if there may be a point where the regime where regime change could be earlier than we thought.
1: You, would almost think that Lavello uh, Lovello's job is on the line. It's that's the first person that really like, you know, whose job is going to be on the line of the
0: before Hayden. Lavello's job security is tied to Mike Hazen's job security. I don't think the D backs are gonna hire a lame duck manager if they fire Lavelle but not Hazen.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't
0: What who would say I I Banster maybe?
1: Just to, I mean at that what? point you if it's, you're it's, filing Lavello for the rest of the season to, to like, fire and then you, you whoever I don't know who you make as the you you just promote someone already on the team. As the manager, I don't know who would be the, the candidates to finish out the season. It's very unlikely. You're right. I don't see the two being fired without the other. I could see Hazen making that move if it's really like that's a move of desperation, in my opinion. If you're firing Lavello in the hopes that it turns the season around, it doesn't seem very likely to me. Um,
0: I mean, if you're firing Lavello, maybe
1: that's what it you're takes.
0: You're elevating Jeff Banister for as long as Hazen is the GM, basically
1: yeah that's all that's that would happen pretty, i don't you know that's the thing is it's like if you're gonna make a move like that you do it in the off season so it doesn't really seem like that's gonna happen but i'm just saying i think that it'd be more um i would just think that lovello's job will be on the line right before hayden's is if that makes any sense you know cause maybe that's what it takes maybe it's Maybe it's maybe that's what it'll take is a different manager, not necessarily GM. Like if you, have a, if you think you have a winning roster and they're not playing up to potential, what do you do other than fire the manager?
0: I mean, fire the manager is like, no, yeah, it's like I feel like it could be a situation kind of like when they fired AJ Hinch in 2010, where they they they, they uh, demanded that Josh Burns fire Hinch and Burns said no, so they fired him too.
1: Yeah, that could happen.
0: That, that could happen.
1: Yeah, I could well, see I that like happening. We're not,
0: I, we're not talking. We're
1: about not that, that. yet. Yeah.
0: We're at least two months away before that's even. We're at least six, six what, eight weeks away before that's even a possibility.
1: Um, yeah, I think that it's it's if they do not make the postseason, make postseason and make playoffs. Uh, Lavelle's job's on the line over the offseason. Like, I would not. I I would make a move. This is ownership of. Like, okay, yeah, if you get got fire Hazen, too, then maybe that's what you got to do. Uh, I think there's a good roster here. I don't get, like, some of what's going on with this team because they're talented young guys. Like, it's just, like, a frustrating inconsistency, you know?
0: I think it's like, the what? case where the supplemental guys haven't – the veteran guys haven't necessarily pulled their weight. It's obviously, Chafin, true. Chafin, and Castro has been inconsistent. McGuff has been inconsistent. And you look at the rotation, Gunner stunk, Davies stunk. That's where I yeah. see the problem. You know, I mean, you expect Carroll to have ups and downs. Same with Nelson Henry fought.
1: I mean, even Guriel. Uh,
0: yeah, even Guriel to a point where now he's back to where he was in May.
1: Yeah, you know, we were talking about how he's like done for the rest of the season. He's actually kind of
0: proven us a little wrong. he's been the last few might, games. He might bounce back in August and win player of the month and make Derek dye his hair again. Oh, I hope so. I think it should be pink next time. <laughs> all right. Hopefully he doesn't see that.
1: No, I hope he does see that, Michael. <laughs> I don't care. You know, I don't care. Right.
0: Anyway, well, you don't have to, you don't have to talk to him in the press box. <laughs>
1: oh i just you know i'm like just a masochist michael and i just want the most like awkward interactions with the people that i talk to like with you and everyone else like i want i just i just get off on it. it's just hilarious to me and i apologize but that would be wonderful just for me personally it may be awkward for you or for derek but i don't care
0: so anyway what are you gonna uh, do you know before we make this any more awkward we're going to sign off for- for today. Thanks everyone for watching. If you're watching on Twitch, make sure to hit that follow button. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a like, comment, and subscribe. We're going to try and hopefully reset the sub streak. Di- it died at 11 over the weekend. So let's try to do another 11 day sub streak.
1: Yeah, hit that like button, smash the subscribe, leave a comment, and subscribe to all of our other stuff on Twitter and Twitch and whatever else. I don't know. And have a wonderful day, everyone.